0: All right, so we are now live on social media. We have special guest Adam Patali with Adam's Polishes, um, and today is Wednesday, February 10th, so it's another one of our wonderful Reflection Artist podcasts here that we have, number 15, so we're moving along, gaining numbers. We're in the double digit, so we got some traction. However, we got Adam, which everybody hopefully knows what an who Adams Polishes is. Uh, It's been in the industry, the brand itself since the early 2000s. And then Adam himself has been in the industry for over 30 years. Uh, He was an operator for over 15 of his own business prior to creating the Adams Polish brand. However, we're going to dig into the background of of who Adam is and everybody in the the industry or who's watching this uh, can learn more about who he is and how he developed the brand. So Adam, I want to thank you for being on Thank you for being part of uh, Buff and Shine and the Reflection Artist Podcast. And if you can, give us a little background on how you got started from day one at what you said, nine years old and go from there.
1: Yeah, well, uh, well, i sorry to bore anybody who's already heard our spiel, you know, but uh, first, thanks for having me. It's an honor yeah. always to be asked to be involved in something cool like this. And just thank you. Um, and second, I want to say that uh, we're getting our house painted today. So you're going to see dudes walking around got an awesome team here and they are painting our house today so we are in the middle of a little construction so you know there'll be a little bit of bang slam crash and hopefully nobody gets hurt but there uh, might be some dudes walking around in the background so uh but a week i got into detailing uh real young and one of those things where i was just really into bicycles i'm still into bicycles got a couple new schwins recently that showed up into the
0: bmx style
1: bicycles you know what i was riding bmx bicycles and uh really into the really into racing uh, the American the ABA, the American Bicycle Association. So gotcha. I did the BMX racing there. was raised in, in South Orange County, Laguna. Um, uh, my, my parents are in Laguna Beach now, but really I, was, I grew up in San Juan Capistrano and Dana Point, California. So those are the two zones where I was, uh, grew up where you got year-round detailing. And uh, when, my parents got, when my parents got divorced, my mom started dating this guy who was a cyclist. And he was um, just this awesome guy. His name was Dr. Mike Garst. And he did a hundred mile bike ride. And they, after the bike ride, he uh, it was in Solvay California. He left his bike at, at our house and it was a messy. It uh, was kind of got dirty and nasty from riding in the rain. Right. So I, I detailed his bike for him before he came back over. So, you know, pulled the chain off and cleaned it real well, polished the frame. It had aluminum wheels, Campagnolo aluminum wheels. I polished the wheels and, and uh, you know, his toe, the toe clips back then there would be stainless toe clips and there was leather straps. And once those leather straps got wet and dried out, they were toast, you know, they were, they were pretty much trash. So I replaced his toe straps, you know, I was friends with the guy that owned the bike shop in town, Jim from uh, Buy My Bikes in Southern California. And uh, I mean, in, in San Juan Capistrano. So anyway, I was, able to turn this guy's bike around well anyway he he gets back and he's blown away and he goes back to work where he's a doctor at Allergan pharmaceuticals he tells every single guy and every single girl in this bicycle club that i'm this total genius you know detailer right like well, this kid you should see what he did to my bike it's <laughs> amazing it's never been the same Oh, he laid it down at one point and scuffed the, uh, take off all the handlebar tape. This is back when I used to do the, you know, tape up on the handlebars. Yeah. So I, I replaced the handlebar tape too on his bike. You know, I wanted this guy to stick around because I wanted my mom to be happy. So I was thinking, you know, in my little nine-year-old mind, I'm like, well, what can I do for this guy to, you know, show up again so that my mom can, you know, stop crying from being a, from being, you know, recently divorced and feeling bad. So anyway, he goes back and he tells his people and guess what there's 150 people in the cycling club in at Irvine at the Allergan Pharmaceuticals so so he was like, oh I want to do my bike I want to do my bike so my mom driving her old green Volvo wagon would start bringing home one or two bikes from the uh from the office every day and then you know that was like three or four weeks non-stop of her bringing home bikes and I would just you know detail them, clean them pull the you know pull the rear cluster off and get all the grease and the nasty stuff off them, pull the, pull the bottom brackets out and clean and regrease. And I was just, I was into it. And then polishing the frames up real nice. And then she put up a little advertisement in the, uh, on all the cork boards. This is, you know, I'm, I'm on <laughs> so the cork boards throughout the office is uh, Adam's Bicycle Repair and Cleaning. And that, that is still hanging up in our, in our headquarters, that little, that advertisement. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So anyway, so the business continued on and it did really well. And uh, let my dogs in. Uh, Anyway, the whole, the deal went down and it was very, it was a good little business. And it was uh, something that I did for, for many years and, uh, or for several years, I should say. And then, uh, just got into that started always washing my dad's car on the weekends and he would come out and dry the roof. I was too small to dry the roof. And the neighbor was out there watching a uh, next door neighbor had a brand new. So this is the year as it was a 1982 pickup. Cause I know the exact yellow with brown stripes a a toyota sr5 single cab long bed brand new pickup and it was like so beautiful this thing smelled amazing you know the new car smell and you know back then it was pure vinyl so it probably smelled even more than leather so um (laughs) but anyway so i went and the guy said hey would you be interested in washing my truck and i'm like oh gosh i'd love to you know nine-year-old brand new truck ten-year-old whatever um and it was just it was a total honor. So I washed this truck and, and had my dad help me dry the roof. And, and, you know, the other neighbors go like, Hey, uh, would you be interested in washing my car? You know, I'm sure. Yeah. So got the domino effect. Yep. Domino effect happened. And, uh, and I had, I always had a paper out at that point. So I throw papers before school and, um, and then after school, just wash cars I'm super uncoordinated, never got into sports. So, um, detailing manual labor was way more my, um, strong suit. <laughs> and you made money at that age. I mean, yeah, I did, yeah. I did M- made a few bucks and that was cool. So I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, just kind of got up through, you know, the one thing I realized though, is that the nicer the car, the weirder the owner. So I kind of got into this deal where, you know, we, I've still talked to these young people that are starting off in detailing. They're like, Oh, oh I only want to detail supercars. It's like, that's a special owner, just saying, you know, you got a very unique uh, personality trait if you're driving a Lamborghini, but, um, but the guy who, uh, who drives his, you know, three quarter ton pickup truck and black and wants it perfect all the time, hardworking person. They're usually a little bit more normal. Well, yeah. the thing that I found, and by the time I was in junior high school, I had a pretty busy business and I was in in high school when I hired my first, my first couple guys to work for me. Wow. And um, and they would be able to work. They were going to the Saddleback Community College there in uh, Mission Viejo, and I would they'd be able to work while I was while I was in high school, and then uh, you know be able to meet up with them at lunch and bring them supplies or whatever. Um, so, but I found that fleets were the most dependable customer. So f- detailing fleets of limousines was like you know, to me, a good idea, they always need to be detailed, they're black, so they're going to show all the problems, or the white ones, they're, you know, the, the tops, all vinyl, they always look dirty, so I went around, and I just, I did this one, I did one guy, I went to him, his name is Randy Tooker, and his business is called Lake Forest Limousines, and I went, and I said, Randy, you know, I learned about him, because he was, a, uh, uh, he was, he had, uh, he had his Yellow Pages ad, was the biggest Yellow Pages ad, right, this is before, way before internet, and I'm like, OK, I want to I want to go to this guy. So I went to this guy and I said, I want to detail one limousine for you for free. And let me just tell you how good of a job I can do. And I would love to earn your business, but let me do your first one for free. And he's like, uh, OK, go for it. You know, you know, you're kind of young. You know, I was 16 and uh, it was 1987. So wait let me do it. And he was stoked. He was stoked with the outcome, and he was like, "Okay, I like the way you did that. I like the way you went out and you know earned that business. Let's go ahead and um, let's have you detail for us." So great! And the good thing about detailing fleets, you know, professional limousine, uh, you know, companies—they they need to be cleaned all the time, regardless yeah. of oh it rained today. Oh, I don't need you to detail because it's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, I'm, you yeah. always have that consistency.
0: They got a paying client. They need it clean. That's all there is to it.
1: <laughs> rain or shine. Amen. So that that for us was was the beginning of a, a a good direction because we had very consistent business. You know, I was able to grow the business, able to hire employees, able to buy bulk of chemicals um, because we had such consistent business
0: and build relationships um, got into doing in that some, process.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a good. It was a good way to grow a business because when you're doing like one car by one car and you're always trying to get the one owner of one car or two cars and you want to detail their cars well you might not need to see them again for another few months or even a year well limousine fleets are all the time um and then i just like i'd, I'd look at I drive around and i always look at people that had like nice fleets like they clearly had pride of ownership uh this guy named richard Otto had this big uh fleet of plumbing trucks i think it was called auto plumbing otto and he was up in um uh, Anyway, he he had very clean trucks with lots of polished diamond plate. And the diamond plate, you know, that looks great or terrible, right? There's two speeds yeah. on polished, polished <laughs> aluminum, right? It's either awesome or terrible, right? It's, not, it's yeah. never like, oh, it's okay. It's never okay. It's no. it's fabulous or awful. So <laughs> I saw these trucks and I called him up off one of his trucks. Just said, hey, you know, I see you're running these trucks and, man, they're clean. Who details them? Oh, I detail them. Who's polished the aluminum? Oh, I hate it. I do it. Like, well, tell you what. I would love to be your guy. I would love to detail your truck. So, fleet detailing um, was really uh, a great way to grow the business, and uh, and I got into that early uh, through college. Detailed uh, lots of lots and lots of call. Uh, you know, I went to USC in uh, Southern California, there in Los Angeles, and detailed all the way through. I, I went with a lot of rich kids. A lot of rich kids went to USC. You know, it's kind of did rich kids. that, kid
0: <laughs> the detailing did that helped financially a lot with the college and stuff.
1: For oh you yeah. Personally? Yeah, because I wasn't a rich kid. So I had to do, <laughs> I detailed my, my friends' cars and then I detailed a lot of their parents' cars. So a lot of the kids that went to USC, their parents lived like in Pasadena. So I um, uh, had, had a lot of consistent business out of uh, my, my friends. But in my, my, my business, step, my customers down in uh, Orange County, you know, that was harder to get to. So I, you know, I tried to train there. They ended up hiring some in-house guys for their limousine detailing. And I ended up helping train those guys and we eventually sold them products so they could buy it. So uh, Randy Tucker, the guy that I started detailing with back in 87, he's still a huge user of our stuff. And he details, he's got like uh, old, like 1930s Packards. And uh, wow. if you look at online, it's pretty cool. He's got a lot of cool stuff, but he's using all of our stuff. So that's how we kind of handed off the detailing fleet business down there. I didn't just, you know, it was not like a business to sell or anything. It was just, you know, 12, 12 or 15 clients of that had fleets. But um, so, yeah. That's, that's kind of how we got into it. Just fleets, fleets and fleets were very consistent. I like the consistency to that. And that was the beginning of our our detailing business. Well, that too. I
0: mean, the late eighties, that was, that's, you know, what people see as fleets now it's common, but in the late eighties, that wasn't a common approach to detailing so that kind of probably helped evolve where we are in the industry i mean you added value to that by showing that there's a lot of potential in being successful with working on fleet vehicles and with the way detailing was at the time there's yeah. there was money to be made doing that now it's not as much money to be made but there's still money there to be had in regards to how the business model is but but i'm sure back then was starting it that way that was still something new to the industry oh you're detailing fleets wow
1: yeah you know well the interesting thing about the fleets is that it's a very scalable business, so because when when I'm detailing some guy's Ferrari, right, I detailed lots of Ferraris. You know, I detailed for Sylvester Stallone for a while. I detailed for all these people that were that were awesome. But each person that had their own one or two fabulous cars, they would come out and do give you the white glove test. You know, oh hey, uh, you know this. Look at this little scratch here. Look at that little scratch there. You're like, yeah, dude, you drove it into a pole those scratches are, you know, there's full on paint missing there. I'm not going to, that wasn't there before. You're like, Oh yeah. Do you see the orange pole in your driveway that someone hit? No, obviously that had to happen (laughs) offsite, you know, but you get some interesting customers, you know, people that, Hey, I didn't see this scratch before. It's like, yeah, your car was covered in three quarters of an inch of mud. That's why you didn't see anything. You couldn't see the car, but you get that kind of thing. And you know, that got to be a sort of annoying that you had that, no matter how you work your butt off, make this yeah. car perfect. You, above you and go beyond. so far. above and beyond. And then they come out and nitpick it. You know, there's a speck of uh, lint on the dash. They're like, <laughs> yeah. Ah,
0: sorry. That's from before. the towel I used to clean it because it was caked up. Come on,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, come on. So anyway, but the ego thing, you got to set it aside. And that was the thing, you know, cause a lot of the people that want, Oh, I only want to do paint correction and, and ceramic coatings on, on, you know, hundred thousand dollars plus cars. Well, that's, there's some ego involved in that, right? You're when you're detailing, like our biggest client that we ended up getting was Coca-Cola. Um, that was a huge departure for us. And, um, and that, that whole, that whole thing was, but again, you are not, no one's coming out and checking your work. They're just, happy that the trucks aren't pink anymore now they're ready yeah. you know they yeah. to paint them they're like give me <laughs> a hug I'm, you know you're helping my my fleet budget right yeah into so, the year budget is, is is great now because they're not pink no more <laughs> amen exactly so i mean that's that's the difference so that that there's two different sides if you love cars you love touching them you love doing that detailing you love getting the, that that you know, like one of my favorite cars I ever detailed was a Ferrari 550 Maranello was racing a British racing green with, with tan leather. I mean, starting that pulling out of the driveway, what a total dream, you know, it's such a rad car. Um, I just love that thing. I want one of those. That's awesome. I better start looking, but (laughs) anyway, I, I I've been blessed. We, I have almost every car that I've ever wanted right now, but, uh, I don't have a 550 Marino. Um, but anyway, that, that, the pleasure that you get from detailing something you love is different yeah. than the pleasure you get from detailing for money. And if you're detailing for dollars and you want to maximize your revenue, and if you're not there personally, Mr. Detailer to oversee and look at the final job, you very likely might have a dissatisfied customer when you're detailing for dollars, detailing fleets, you know, you're, you're, you're not charging thousands of dollars per detail, but you're doing a ton of details. And therefore, you can hire a team and get them to do a 90% job all day long, which is better than the average that they get it from the, from the, the flunkies who do 40%. So you get your guys to do 90% consistent. That's pretty awesome for a fleet job. And this way you can scale the business. And that's the yep. difference of a scalable business versus a you have to personally touch and finalize every single vehicle you touched because the the outer edge of the driver's rear view mirror is always missed and you're going to be the guy that touch it. And no matter how much you train your guys, they'll forget that. They'll forget the, you know, the front of the door jam and <sighs> blasting off just the, the grease and crud off of the door hinges. Like these are things that drove me crazy when I was trying to get guys to see that. But you're either a detailer and you see that stuff and you're the perfectionist or you're the detailer who can teach that but then as soon as you teach your guys the problem is that person doesn't need to work for you anymore yeah
0: that valid. person
1: can they they're on their own detailer yeah. why do they need you anymore they know how to do a perfect job they'll get all the business they want you know the average lifespan of a detailer is probably i don't know six months you know your average in business and you come and you go you know and yeah and so the guys that 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 really shine that really know how to do it and take care of their customers and do a great job they're the ones that are the the last things but you hear so many stories of people that got a shoddy job out of a fly-by-night detailer you know i'm a detailer why well you went to home depot you bought yourself a rigid vacuum and a porter cable polisher and now you're a detailer it's like okay you're a detailer and then you're and then of course no one rehires you because you don't do a great job you just you know, you've yeah. got to be in it for a while and really, you know, fine tune your craft. Um, but anyway, so my point, uh, if there's a point, is that detailing for dollars. Sometimes you swallow your pride. And you don't always detail the most juicy, fabulous, wonderful Ferrari Five Fifty Marinello. Sometimes you're you're detailing a Prius. Other stuff. <laughs> yeah, a Prius. Mom, you know, I hate doing. But it pays band, the bills, right? <laughs> they, pay. they pay. Yeah. But fleets, fleets, really fleets. If you can, if you can think of. A fleet business that you can really do great on. Like up here where we are, we're in Eagle, Idaho. We've got the Amazon vans, they're all gray, right? Sprinters and transit vans and stuff. I want that account. They're yeah. dirty. You yeah. know? Yeah,
0: even basic cleanup is so good because then it's it's a numbers game. You're getting quantity and you can do a exactly. 90% job. But and then to your point, speaking of that 90%, I mean, that's the thing is. You know, you're 100% as a business owner is not the employee's 100%. Their perspective of 100% is always different than your perspective of 100%. And it's always going to be that way. But again, like you said, if you could get them to, you know, to activate that part of the brain that gets them a consistent 90% across the board so everybody's on the same page, that's when things flow a lot better and it's more autopilot for knowing that the standard operating procedure is going to be played out and executed the right way because you got everybody on the same level to where, yes, you understand your 100% is not theirs and vice versa, but at least you're able to get them to where everything is above average from the other guy that they could be bringing the vehicle to.
1: Yes. You're, you're dead on, man. That's exactly right. It's hard. I would say though, the hardest things in detailing is, uh, you know, one is getting new business, getting great customers. But then the next thing is Getting employees—it's so hard to get employees. It's really hard to, to hire staff that you can keep because as soon as you're, if you're a great detailer, you can open a beautiful shop, and if you have a great location, you can do some serious business. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have so many people that buy our stuff that are in the detailing businesses, and we feel blessed. But I'll tell you, the most successful ones—there's a few things they have in common. If you're a if you're a major detailer and you're a fur for real, super high-end service offer, um, you know, you want to make sure that where you provide your services is very convenient for your customers to get to. So, as you're thinking about opening a location, because a location is what makes you different from anybody who does mobile detailing. You know, you can you train your guys; they're amazing, they're so good, and then they're gone, right? They're they're off doing their own stuff. But if you have a location, a fabulous location um, that sets you apart because now you're offering a service that not just anybody can give. And one of the things that, um, that I really value is a service provider who's near an airport. If you can drop your car at an airport before you fly, cause I mean, I'm a professional, you know, I'm, I'm a successful guy that pays money to detailing. I still, I had a guy detail our cars the other day. Cause he, he's, he's a guy who wanted to carry all of our stuff. He's right here and in Boise at the airport. Um, and it's called Detail Doctors. And this guy is awesome, super awesome, uh, Steve Thompson. Anyway, yeah, he's I just such a neat guy. And I'm like, yeah, well, let's, let's we're going out of town. Let's have you detail our stuff. I mean, it's filthy and it's freezing here. So I couldn't even, if I've if I detailed out, if I washed the car in my driveway, turn my driveway into an ice lake, an ice yeah. rink, so I can't do it, you know? So anyway, so, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to get an idea of how well this guy does. And he did exceptionally well. In the way we worked it out we went to his we went to his facility near the airport we picked him up he jumped in the car drove us right to the curb we all jumped out and um when, when he came back to pick us up he's standing there with a sign petali written out on an ink board super clean immaculate the guy had an adams shirt on funny enough and um he came and picked up at the curb i mean that's a service now that's yeah. not just detailing now you're offering your customers um, you're not going to take their car when they need it because they're going to be out of town and you're offering them that's added value. So when it's you think, think of about that, added. and it's, it's an experience and it's and you're coming away going, dang, that was cool.
0: Yeah, it was, you were just
1: gone and they just totally took care of your business and they did it all. They did a great job and they picked you up and they dropped you off. Those little added things are huge. So when you think about your business, what can you do to add value? You, know, you drop off your your maybe you drop off your um, your customer at work, or you drop them off at, at wherever. But as you think about scaling your business, and I would imagine that we have detailers watching your podcast, right? Is that oh, yeah. That would be the majority, because oh, yeah. um, I love I, I love talking to detailers and just saying, hey, this is this is some some ideas on scaling your business. Offer a service that makes it hard to resist using you, you know, make it so that you're offering something that's so unique that makes it so easy for that customer to use your services that they're not, they're not looking for another guy. They got you. You're, you're the person, you're their detailer. And I'll say what, Steve, a detail doctors here in Boise, if I'm, if I'm dirty and I'm flying out of town, like yesterday, I flew out, I had to fly to Arizona for the day, flew home last night, you know, but my stuff was already clean. Cause I took care of it. But, but if I wasn't, that would be a perfect example. Boom, drop it, go, come back. And um, we are leaving again here soon. And guess what? I'm gonna, We're going to leave, uh, we're going to leave our, our sprinter van with him because we're going skiing with it this weekend. It's going to be disgusting for sure. I'm going to have three, four kids actually. We have our cousin, uh, want my niece coming. So we're going to have four kids putting their boots on and taking their boots off in that thing every single day, getting it disgusting. So we're going to leave it with them. And he's going to offer that little additional service that we cannot resist, which is taking care of something while it's no longer, it's not needed by us. That's, yeah. that, that's a bonus for, for customers.
0: I'm sure he's stoked, too, to have the opportunity to do work, you know, directly for you, being who you are. And his head, you know, and it may not be, but it's still having that opportunity to be like, wow, I get to do work on his vehicles. And, you know, he knows that you could do the work, but you obviously, it's a time thing. And it's a convenience thing, like you had mentioned. But having the opportunity to do that, you know, with a, with a larger name in the industry for a big brand, it's like, wow, that's awesome. I get to clean his vehicles. This is who I do work for, whether he makes that as an uh, open announcement or keeps it to himself. But I'm yeah. sure he's still thrilled and stoked that he's able to do that.
1: Well, we, I think we both feel really good about it, you know, because the guy great job. And I just am like, boy. He's a Christian. He's such a good guy. Anyway, I just really feel great about giving him my business and I will, you know, I'll scream it from the top of the top of the mountaintops. You know, if you're in Boise, Idaho and you need a detail or detail doctors is the man. Yeah. That's he's awesome. awesome. He's awesome. That's really? That's what you want. You want everyone walking around being your, your, uh, you know, your person giving you the, uh, giving you the two thumbs up loudly. Okay. You want all your friends and all your family. This guy did an amazing job or girl. We have tons yep, of, uh, yep.
0: <laughs> you, you want them to girl. be your biggest advocate that can be. Yep. your biggest yes. marketing person.
1: Totally. I mean, your recommendation is it's priceless. You know, you it do, a, you do a great job and you get, yeah, it's a priceless thing to give a recommendation to get a recommendation from uh, somebody that you trust. Like, Oh, I mean, I would definitely, I would definitely value that very highly.
0: Now, going back a little bit with you hiring employees, you said you were young, you were, in, you were in junior high, high school, that kind of time frame. How was that with you being young? Because I know a lot of guys now that are getting into detail and are younger, they're probably late teens, early 20s, for the most part, that are starting their very first business. But hiring and hiring someone, you know, at that point, you're probably hiring people that are older than you, or maybe in your case, you were hiring the same age. But how did that work out with you being the boss at such a young age? that relationship aspect?
1: Uh, Well, I learned a lot. Um, you know, I learned a whole lot. The very first guy I hired, I was in junior high and just, he, he just helped me for a summer. His name is John Hodge. He's still a friend of mine today. He had a red Volkswagen bug. And, uh, you know, he was always, he would drive around the neighborhood and drive by my place and see that I always had another neighbor's car in my driveway cleaning it. He stopped by one day, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm detailing. And he helped me and I said, Hey, let's, let's detail your bug. So we detailed out his bug and we met, he was 16. I was, I don't know, 13, I think, or or 14. Well, we, he ended up helping me. We ended up throwing the vacuum in the front of the, in the frunk of the, of the, of the bug and put some stuff in the back. And we went and did, did a few de- my first mobile details, people that weren't close by that wanted their stuff detailed. And I think it's one of those things where as you, as you, enter into these relationships with anybody, whether it's, a you know, if you're teaching them, you're teaching somebody and they're going to listen to you. And it's the more you talk and you show them, you're always showing, right? You, So the, I always say, you can't talk about detailing. You got to show it. You got to show. Listen, this is how you wipe.
0: Oh, I lost you for a minute there, Adam. there um, you are. You're back.
1: Okay, I'm back. Um, anyway, so I think that you are a credible person of legitimacy. If you teach people, you know, and as you teach, you teach somebody something and they're like, that worked. Hey, that was a good idea. That was, that was a really better way to clean a wheel, or that was a better way to p- knock, knock polishing compound off or, or, or remove wax or whatever. You earn your, you become a credible person. You become a, a source of information that People are going to say, wow, that guy's pretty bright. And I think just like anything, any any boss you have, have you ever had a boss that just sucks? Somebody who is a jerk that shouldn't have gotten that role, but they they worked their way up through some kind of a Yeah, crazy, some way, shape, uh, or
0: form. It was given to them, basically. Yeah. yeah,
1: the wrong person became your boss. And you're like, you should not be my boss. I don't respect you. I don't want to work for you. I think a lot of detailers right now, if you're looking at me and you're like, yeah, that's why I'm detailing now. Because I was sick and tired of my boss. Like, Amen. If you are a boss that is respected and you are a boss that always educates your team and takes care of your team. And like, I always buy everyone lunch, no matter what, you know, I love buying my staff lunch. Um, I'm, we're doing a remodel on a house right now in Arizona. And, and I went out there yesterday and met with the whole crew that's out there remodeling it and I bought them all lunch. They're like, thank you. That was really nice. And, you know, thank you. That's so nice. And uh, went around and looked at a few things and said, you know, maybe something like this, we could change something like that. And they're like, you know, okay. I think that as, as you become a good detailer and you can teach other people to also uh, understand why you're doing what you're doing, why you do the wheels and tires first, before you hose off the car, you're earning their respect. And as you gain their respect, you gain their, um, I'll be back. Um, so then you, you gain their ability to be loyal to you. And I think that that loyalty is, is what you want to, you want to empower. So you take care of your staff, you take care of your customers when, when you offer a great service. Um, and then maybe you leave a couple of cards and a, one of my buddies, this guy, Johnny Garcia, he has this, uh, he's a detailer in Boulder, Colorado. He leaves a little, a little pack of gum and like four business cards. And he says, your referrals are my oxygen. Thank you so much for your business. And he hands four cards and a pack of gum, leaves it in your car when he's finished detailing for you. And we just have him come over and like clean all the cars when we're, we're out of town. He's an awesome guy. That's
0: anyway, cool. Online,
1: that's cool. You know, and his guys that work with him are like, that's cool. You know, and they see that. And again, he earns respect by doing that. So I think as you hire people, you earn their respect. You you, you get them to work, work with you. You treat somebody like an idiot and go, what are you doing? You moron. Why'd you just... Why'd you lay, lay the uh, bottle on the ground? Why didn't you hook it on the bucket? Well, now you're losing their respect. Yeah. You know, they're, now they're, they already want to go work for somebody else. So I think that your, your energy and your, as, as you become uh, an you know, employer uh, of lots and lots of people, like, you know, I'm, at the height of my involvement at Adams Polishes, I think we had 150 employees. That was the, the majority of me being the CEO. And I gave up being CEO in 2018. One of my partners is way brighter than me. Derek Johnson came in and he's a way better CEO than I am. But at that point, you know, I had to earn the respect of as many of that 150 people as I possibly could to keep that machine pumping out product as quickly as we could. So earning respect, I would say that's probably the number one, earning and maintaining respect and then taking care of your your employees.
0: I like that. Taking taking that role as more of a leader instead of trying to just literally just boss people around and be an ass all day and, yeah. and not show them and then get mad at them on why
1: they didn't do something the right way. Yeah. I mean, you've had that boss, right? You've had that person. Oh yeah. That's done that to you. And you're like, gosh, I can't wait to not work for you anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> see you later. You know, it's so, but if you give them that, they're going to really, they're going to value the education. They're going to value your input. If you make them feel good about themselves. Hey, that was a great job. You did on that. Um, you know, you did a great job polishing that car next time. I would tape off the, the top of the plastic bed rails in the pickup so that you don't have to go over it afterwards and remove all the polishing compound from the plastic. Yeah, next perfect, time you'll save it. a little bit of time doing that instead of going, You idiot, look at the compound you got in the plastic. It's like, well, you can always pull the, the compound out of the plastic. You don't need to belittle the person, you know. No, so no.
0: you know
1: complimenting, not belittling. That yeah, helps. And, and offering suggestions, you know, next time maybe try this and, and you'll get a better outcome or you'll save time. I love it. I agree. Yeah. Now you had mentioned, you know, with with your
0: role as CEO of Adams Polishes, how did all that develop? I mean, you go from, you know, with all the detailing and, and gaining of clientele. Where at this point did you transition into the brand of Adams Polishes, and how did that take off?
1: So that was um, that was God, I and mean, that was flat out. That was that was the good Lord being good to me. I feel blessed. So that was lucky, fortunate. When I was a little kid. Growing up in southern cal in uh, in where i was in uh dana point uh my mom so my mom was in san Juan capistrano my dad was in dana point when i say the both the reason i'm saying the both because I went back and forth between mom's house dad's house back and forth right uh as you as your parents get divorced you know the deal
0: yeah so I've been down that road with my teenage years as well
1: yeah yeah it's a drag but you just do it um so anyway there was a dealership in uh, a porsche volkswagen dealership in in san juan capistrano called bill yates porsche might have been just Porsche or Porsche Audi. Maybe it was Porsche Audi then. And there was a line of products being sold out of that place called Der Stuff. D-E-R. Der is German for the. So this is the stuff. And the guy named Dave Herbert, this awesome guy, he was selling der shiny stuff. This guy is ex-military. He's a marine veteran. Thank you for all your all your work, veterans. We so honor the veterans. And anyway, so Dave was at a uh, he was doing a demonstration for uh, for this this auto body shop that one of the kids that I knew and I went to junior high with Tim Scalzo and they, they had an auto parts store and this guy was out in front of this auto parts store with a Fiat x19 it was Bertoni x19 for for one year but then they went away and he lit the thing on fire he sprayed um, sprayed lighter fluid on it spray painted it rubbed road tar on it and then lit it on fire and it was like i'm sitting there watching at this thing going what in the world this is this crazy so this guy's doing a demo for dirt stuff. well anyway i start you so i meet this guy davies the quirkiest craziest guy he's awesome we're still friends today by the way and um he he you know showed me how to sell car care products right he showed me how to how would you sell car wax when people are all just buying mcguires or mothers or turtle wax from the auto parts store. Why would you buy this stuff? And this guy, Dave, Der Dave, they call them, right? We call him Der Dave. Der Dave would, t- would say, this is why you want to use this. This is an acrylic. This is not a synthetic. This is, this is not a, um, this is not a carnuba. This is a synthetic. It's going to last way longer than a carnuba. And he go through, you know, four products. he do the demonstration. And need to sell you this four bottle box, you know, your vinyl stuff, der shiny stuff, your real stuff. And Dur wash stuff was the first four products. So soap, you know, vinyl, vinyl tires and everything else, a polish. And then a, like a glaze was just very similar to our brilliant glaze today. This guy would tell us to teach me how to sell the stuff. And then I started using it. I used it detailing the bicycles. I'd use it detailing the cars and I would buy this stuff and I could ride my bike to the Porsche dealership. because It was right at the bottom of my hill. So it was easier to get to the Porsche dealership than it was to go to like, you know, an, uh, an auto parts store. It was closer. So I'd be able to buy this stuff at the Porsche dealership met Dirt Dave after I, I used stuff forever, all the way through high school, through, to college, after college, I tried to sell real estate and I'll tell you what, see this guy right here, not a real estate salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I do not cold call well, and I'm not into selling you know, commercial real estate. I tried to work for this big commercial real estate company and I just, I was bad, I'm bad at it. I'm not into it. I'm bad at taking, I'm not, and I've never worked for anyone in my life, except for this one time I was an assistant to these, can I say the word douchebag? Douche, they were douchebag brokers. These guys were like, you know, they would totally do super unscrupulous things to get deals done. And um, I wasn't even a super major believer at that point as I am today. But I'll tell you, I was even then going, man, that is shady. That is a shady thing you're doing there. Damn. But I worked for these guys. I saw how shady the business was, and I'm I was over it. But I did detail all their cars, detailed everyone's car in the office. So that was the only, you know, silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only it's, win right? all yeah, right
0: it's a win-win yeah you got me on payroll but by the way we also got to do your car so i need you to come yeah. check for this as well
1: <laughs> amen and, I, and they didn't give me payroll so this was a draw so ah. basically you're, as, a, as an associate you start you start off and you are not paid you are you get a draw against future commissions when oh. you're starting off, so no payroll so yeah detailing was the only way i could make money after i did that for like a year and a half I I say, I'm, done, I'm done with this. I went to the Orange County Swap Meet in Costa Mesa, California. And uh, I talked to Dur Dave and I said, Dave, I'm going to go set up a table and I'm going to sell dirt stuff because you need to get the word out of this stuff. This is still, uh, this is 99, early 2000 before um, the internet. There was no e-commerce then. You know, No one was buying anything online. Nope. So I went over there. I set up a little table and I have a picture of it my first day put up a paint cloth like a like how you keep paint off the ground from Home Depot Mm -hmm. put that over a folding table that I borrowed I had dirt stuff sitting out there I borrowed a couple cars and Dirt Abe came out with me and we lit that his truck on fire and did that same fire demo that he'd done for years and years and uh and we started selling Dirt, shiny stuff and dirt and we started selling a lot of it and the and the booth got bigger and bigger and bigger and i started putting everything together in detail kits and no one had done that no one had done detailed kits and basically so you buy a bottle of wax Oh, well, it's good wax well it can be or it can suck because you used a t-shirt to apply it and you used a cotton towel to remove it and you're like that's not that good of wax well yeah. it's actually really good wax but your application your application method was so flawed that it misbehaves so we took all the variables out. You know, We gave you a great wash mitt and a great drying towel. Um, and then we also, you know, we, we were selling uh, uh, water sprites by SM Arnold, you know, the water sprite? Yeah, yeah. And kind of like a competitor would be the absorber. Yep. So we sold those, we put those in the kit we, and we got these buckets and everything was made in the USA. Even my buckets, they were Sterilite made out of Corona, California. I would put in the bucket, a bottle of soap, a wash pad, a dry, you know, a chamois, um, and then we would, we would just have everything you'd need to wash and dry cart. And then i do instructions, step-by-step instructions. And on the other side, I would do paso a paso instrucciones. So if you're, you know, in Southern California, you know, half people there speak Spanish or 70%, I think. So you flip it over and you'd have Spanish one side, English, the other. Nice. Now, you know what to do. You have the right applicator for the wax you have, or for the sealant, whatever you have the right towel to remove it. We we would initially before microfiber came out, we sell uh, tidy diety diaper service. We would buy diapers, and the diapers were the softest things you could get. They were softer yep. than a cotton towel. Um, and then two years in, I think like two thousand two, I think is when when really microfiber came on strong, and it was like whoa, this is awesome! What a huge upgrade! And clay around the same time, another yeah. huge upgrade. Um, so anyway, so we, we ended up putting together a pretty cool little detail kit. And as those kits really sold well, they were, that was a good win. They sound and like everyone, they were set up for success. It was, you yeah, know, it was 80 bucks. You know, you spot the kit and it had all the stuff in it. And it had all, there was took all the wonder out of what to apply and remove with. What wash pad do I wash with? What How do I dry it? What kind of sponge do I want to put my uh, tire shine on with? Or my tire, uh, my, my durvinyl stuff. Well, we got it down to where we had it. We had it pretty well set up to a super good system. And then those kits were selling really well. And then there's a few products missing though. And those missing products were like a good wheel cleaner was missing. Um, There's my wife, Melissa. Hey, say hi. You're on Facebook live. We're doing a live interview (laughs) with with Julio and and Buff and Shine. But um, specifically, we're actually um, doing one with – What's the name of your or what? What do you call this? Uh, this the mafia?
0: is called the. Uh, I'm well, me, Justin Labato, but the name of the uh, podcast is Reflection Artist Live.
1: Reflection Artist Live, that's right, yep. Justin. So, uh, I lose you. Oh, hey, you are. I have to speak. All right, let's see if I just dropped something. Did something? You just dropped it.
0: You just got to get the video back up.
1: Cool. My video is king. Gosh, I don't even know what my deal is. Leave safe driving mode. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Leave. Cancel. You're oh back my on. gosh. Well, I don't even know how to. Yep. My yep. back you're on good. right now. Perfect. I can't even see me anymore. So I don't know what you're seeing, but hopefully it's can you're see you. Thanks.
0: Uh, I've got audio and I've got video for you.
1: That is so funny. Oh, there you go. I found you. Wow. Do you see me again? Did you your request to start your video. There you go. Hey, don't drop your phone. This is what I just learned. Um, okay. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, so we, we, got into, we got into that and we started making a few products. So at this point we were also detailing for Coca-Cola. So we were detailing all night. We go at 3, p, 3 p.m. set up, detail until three in the morning every night doing all of the different fleet, uh, the fleet headquarters around Southern California we were finding that we were able to, to sort of start mixing chemicals together to detail a Coke truck faster. The whole goal was to do a, a truck faster. It wasn't, well, I, I'm looking, I, I know everything that's out there. I want a better polish. It's like, no, I need a polish that cuts the pink off of a red Coke truck faster and that I can remove while the truck is slightly wet. Like, you know, the dew, the evening dew in California Try to, you know, removing compound is a pain anyway, but removing it from a wet vehicle is like, oh. So we started mixing stuff. We started adding solvent. That would make it pop, you know. We started mixing stuff together and we started finding that we were able to shave a lot of time off these Coke truck details. And that was when we started coming in with a couple of different chemicals and we started selling them alongside the stuff line. And and that was the beginning. So Dave, Dur Dave taught me how to sell car care products. And we started doing that at the... Uh, at the swap meet. Well, but then the, the new products that were coming in were basically stuff that we just needed when we were detailing these co-trucks that we knew that there was a market for because we found that it was very effective but was not currently available third a deuce Draft. So we would buy all the accessories like from SM Arnold and all these different companies. Uh, we would buy, uh, you know, wheel cleaning tools. And then we stayed, we came out with you know, like we people wanted a wax, they wanted something that was a little bit, you know, wax. We came out with buttery wax, and I the first bottles were just things that we like hand I would hand write buttery wax on. Them. So, there if, was if anybody out there has a bottle of buttery wax that says buttery wax written on there with a sharpie, then you know, you got the original <laughs> OG <Adams> bottle. <laughs> um, OG, and we never named it, you know, people were like, we didn't name the stuff, it was, you know, it was just Adam's stuff, it was, you know, my stuff. So, I didn't name the company but it just ended up being Adams because well, it was that's an when accident everybody
0: was calling it right Everybody's saying that's Adams stuff so that kind of caught on naturally it did. then
1: it was yeah happy yeah. accident right it was a happy accident so it worked out well we we ended up with a pretty good a uh, couple couple good products and then um, the dir stuff the dur stuff ended up being per the, the whole company uh, so old man Bill Yates from the from the Porsche dealership ended up being a partner with Dur Dave and then old man Yates passed away and all of his stuff was sold at like an auction. It was a weird thing. So somehow it was a, it was a sale. And this guy who owned wheel and tire shop in Costa Mesa bought it. And, um, and he was, he was, a, a you know, an interesting guy. And, uh, and, you know, we definitely were not deep in love with each other, but he was really not happy when we started labeling other products to be sold next to the dirt stuff line. Hmm. And, um, At one point i said hey let's um tell you what don't be frustrated i want to and i was selling the majority of all the dirt stuff so we we would go i would clear shelves every friday for the swap meet on saturday and sunday i'd just go buy everything he had then we'd sell it and we'd do pretty well they they ended up i said listen why don't we buy your business my dad at that point his business had failed and he came back so he was doing pretty good at that point he said hey if you can, why don't you offer to buy the business? I'll loan you some of the money to buy it. And, and this way you can buy them and, and move on. I'm like, thank you, dad, awesome. So we went to, went to them and said, Let's, I would like to buy their stuff. And they were like, oh no, this business is great. We're doing awesome. We, we, we don't need to sell the business. We love this business, you know, throwing off some money. And I go, yeah, but I'm the main customer. So if I was not here, the business would not be worth as much. So I would really love for you to consider selling the business. And they, and uh, he, the, 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 ma- the majority owner, not their day, but the, the majority owner dude said, no, you know, hard stop. And I'm like, okay. So boom, it was on started, started making more and more products. And then one day I'll never forget it. I went to go pick up my weekly supply, you know, Fridays I roll through and load up all the product I could. I go in there and it was real early. It was like, Oh, one, maybe Oh two, but it was, it was very early in the business. I went there to get my stuff and uh, and Der Dave was the guy selling the stuff. And he worked for this guy. Now the founder of the company worked for the guy who ended up owning the majority. He said, you can't have it. We're not selling you any more products.
0: Wow.
1: I I was like, why? He goes, well, you're making your own stuff. Now you don't need us anymore. Why don't you go ahead and just go make this stuff too. And I was like, Oh, I was not ready for like, you know, six or eight of my main products that I was selling to just not be there the, over the weekend. Right. And my, and I always bought all they had. So I didn't have back stock. Wow. Anyway, talk about, talk about God smiling on us that weekend. So they said, no, we're done selling to you. You're done. So bummed that weekend. It rained both days, nonstop. And the, and the, and the Swami didn't even open. So the next week I hustled and hustled. I went to, I knew the manufacturer was mostly granitized granitized products was located in Santa Fe Springs uh, at that point. And I went to granitize and I'm like, Hey, I need this stuff. And they had some stuff available and not other stuff. And I went to 3d tunch, you know, and um, talked to tunch and, and, and got that stuff. And, Man, I, I went and got labels. We were mostly hand cutting labels and applying them to bottles at that point. And if you if you look at our history, I can show you some crazy looking, really poorly cut out labels. But <laughs> we were doing it like that. And, and that week, man, I was able to replace all those products with all Adams stuff. And uh, that was the beginning of it. So that's that was really how it switched from Dur stuff to Adams. It was Dur stuff, and then dirt stuff and Adams. And then one day, you know turned us off and then, and then, of uh, and then stuff um, and, you know, ended up going away. They, uh, they, after I stopped selling it, they just, they didn't stay in business.
0: How much, so how much just, longer after they declined you, did they stay in business? I mean, you I the biggest account.
1: Was, <laughs> I don't think it was very long. Yeah. They, cause I looked them up, uh, you know, shortly after and they just, they evaporated almost immediately afterwards. I could ask wow. DurDave. Dave's still a dear friend. He came out and visited me with his wife in Colorado and uh, Idaho rather recently so yeah i know it was it was quick it was quick yeah, soon after that, that, the,
0: that guy was flopped. shooting himself in the foot like damn we should have sold it while we had the opportunity
1: i think it was a i think there was an ego thing uh component there that was pretty pretty yeah. the the part that couldn't get over it but yeah. yeah such is life but anyways that was how adams got going and then uh, we took on so i grew it grew the business worked we worked our butt off and uh i lived in my warehouse for the first three years Lived in a little warehouse in Redondo Beach, right on the railroad tracks. Uh, my, my customer, I was talking about, remember the plumbing guy, Richard yeah. Otto? He ended up trading me for detailing. He put a shower in my in my unit so that I could shower in there. And, uh, you know, he detailed all weekend, detailed all night, every night, doing coke trucks. And then weekends, we went and sold, sold at swap meet and then started doing other car shows. And um, kept growing it, moved, the, moved into a little bit bigger building in uh, Torrance. And, and was there for, for, uh, from 2003 through 2009, in 2009, we moved the business. We well, so at 07, we got really into, you know, e-commerce started really, it was yeah. when it started getting really busy. 04 started, but 07, it started to be really like a major thing like e-commerce. This, this might be something, right. This yeah. might be a, this might be a trend that continues. So we ended up, having a penalty by being in California because shipping nationwide, it took five to six days to get anything to the East coast from California. So, and then I met my wife, my, she was then my girlfriend, but we we realized we're not having, we're not, no offense to anybody in California, but we're not raising kids in California. We were like, okay, we're not, we're not gonna be able to afford a house here. Uh, We're not gonna be able to do what we want to do. So, and my wife's from Idaho. So she's like, let's just go someplace that, uh, that, that we like. That's somewhere easier to ship nationwide to either side so we ended up choosing colorado moved the business there in 09 and grew 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 and uh, we just put our head down we didn't take much money out of the business we just left all the money in and kept kept working our butts off and did more and more car shows got involved with corvette became the official licensed product there for the corvette so we're our main outlet today is still general motors you know we have chevrolet chevrolet uh cadillac and gmc stores there's i think 650 dealerships now nationwide carrying our stuff and we don't sell it in stores but just those stores so that relationship helped form and really cement our um you know our our business is established you know that's an official
0: adams brand it's not like a rebranding underneath them or
1: anything like that correct yep yep we we started with a gm line with a corvette on it people didn't trust it they're like yeah gm they don't make cars but they don't make wax so it didn't sell very well then they decided to go ahead and take us on as just our name, our main product. So when you, if you go online right now and you try to order a Corvette or a, or a, or you know, Silverado or a Denali or an Escalade, when you go through the process of ordering it, there'll be a box eventually that says, do you want to add an Adams polishes detail kit to your, to your purchase? And you can add that in as a, as an accessory when you buy a new car. That's awesome. Wow. It's cool. It's, it's, cool. It, you know, it, it's, it's a legitimizing for our brand, you know, absolutely. Um, and we're not selling, you know, we're not really interested in selling through Walmart or Pep Boys and stuff. Those aren't really. You don't find premium stuff in a Walmart. There's nothing premium in a Walmart, right? I don't think there's a single item that's a premium item in a Walmart or an AutoZone. You know, you can buy cheap Chinese-made tools only. They don't sell Snap-on tools at, at AutoZone, mm-hmm. so you don't find the best of anything really at, a, at an auto parts store. You don't really find the best of anything at a Walmart store. So it isn't for us really. It's not our interest to to sell through those channels. So. No, that makes um,
0: sense. I agree.
1: Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um we we do we do uh uh we did find that by selling exclusively online and ex- selling through uh GM stores, we are available nationwide and easy. You know, Amazon's a big of course you can't ignore yeah. Amazon. Um but it's good and Uh, so as we grew, it became clear that we needed more money. As you grow, you probably heard of companies that grow themselves out of business. You grow, like you need more inventory Mm -hmm. and more inventory and you can't afford to bring it in. Like I used to bring in a pallet of towels from Korea. Well, a pallet of towels didn't last very long and a pallet of towels is expensive to ship. So you really need to bring in container loads, right? And then, you know, polishers, you know, machine polishers, like we, we couldn't get a, a pallet of polishers to pay for the shipping you know the 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 sales wouldn't wouldn't even pay for the shipping so we realized that we needed a partner and uh, that's when this guy Derek came along um, and he was a he was just a serial entrepreneur major business investor guy and he was the CEO of of Coors Tech before us and he came in and became my business partner in 16 and then we started, uh, then we were flush with cash and it was really nice because then we could like buy stuff. We could start bringing in container loads of towels, bringing in container loads of polishers. We grew the business exponentially. And then we acquired our our major um, uh, chemical manufacturer. And that was a huge step. That was really a big bonus for us. And we've acquired, you know, other suppliers since then. Um, and it's just been cool. And Julio, if you're listening, we're trying to acquire you too. Julio? <laughs> Julio? <laughs> We'd love to, we'd love to own that. But anyway, uh, probably won't happen. Mr. Umbrell, Rich is, he said no every time we asked him, but he's just still here. Still interested. Um, but we ended up, um, so, and you know, it's public knowledge that, um, last year we grew the business to a point where we were, okay, here's the good news. The good news is we're making the great stuff and we have a great marketing team that are just tremendous. You know, Matt Butcher and the entire marketing team are amazing. they we're selling more hoodies and hats and apparel than than uh, than microfiber towels right now, which is wow, crazy. You know, that it's is great. crazy.
0: And plus, it you guys amazing. are on cutting edge. I mean, you guys are introducing what's you know what some people may consider hype in the market, but it's new chemistry with the graphene, and and it's there's there's you guys are staying on top of these things, and it has a good following. I mean, we personally tried it in our shop, and we thought the product was premium, and it's just one of those things that you know when you have these brands that are bringing stuff to the table, you've got so many. Just mainly social marketing companies, not even real product companies, trying to boost stuff that's garbage. Then you get real names that bring stuff to the table, and then boom, you got stuff that actually works. But then it also muddies up the market because you don't know whose stuff is real and whatnot, and then can't know until you try it. But I got to say, right. the new stuff that's been brought to the market with the Adams brand, especially within the graphene stuff, it's been pretty solid, and there's been a lot of really positive feedback that I've I've heard and seen personally, and. Kudos to you guys for doing that.
1: Well, thank you. So Chris Gallagher is our is our chemist, and the guy's brilliant. And he's got a whole team of brilliant people with working with him. He is really Awesome, and you know, for us, me, for me personally, ease of use—that's what I want. I want yeah. ease of use above yep. all. Make sure it's easy to use. I don't want it. Yeah. I, I, great, you can get great results with it. Yeah, but you shave nine years off the end of your life using it. I don't care how good how good it is. I want can't it. Can't get it on or off because it no. just keeps pumping the brakes on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, it's got to be easy. So, so we—that's what—that's what we make sure is that like graphene stuff is so easy to use. And it's really effective. I mean, talk about the water beating and the and the you know the self-cleaning, the the whole all the attributes are yeah. what you want, they're the stuff that you want when you apply a coating. And only instead of you having to grind it off or you'll see a bunch of high spots and you're done, it's easy off. It's it's super yeah. nice. So that's huge, you know. So the 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 chemical technology that's available now to us is is gigantic. And um, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, in April, uh, we ended up merging with a, with a big company based out of Montreal, Canada called Recochem. This chemical manufacturer, one of the things that's hard about chemicals, shipping them, shipping chemicals is a nightmare because you got to put them in a container. They get hot, they get cold. You know, when you're shipping a container to China, shipping container to Australia. So now with our partner, we now can make products in Mont. We have a, we have a chemical manufacturing facility in Montreal one in Singapore, one in China, and one in Australia. So now, instead of having to ship stuff, which chemicals hate temperature change, they absolutely hate it. You'll see a bottle suck in and it'll yeah. change color if it freezes or it gets hot. Those are not good for chemicals. So you know, spending a week or two weeks in a container ship going across the going across the the, the, the world is not good for chemicals. Yeah. So we've now got this partnership that's just awesome. And we've got this team of chemists that is huge and fantastic. And now uh, we're able to have presence, you know, global presence with um, with the chemicals not being, you know, after a road trip being so, so, you know, like really the, uh, the the graphene's all ceramics don't like really don't like uh, the, the changes of uh, uh, temperature. So that's a pretty cool thing that we've got that partnership now and, we're able to make stuff in all these different places. And, uh, and we're, still, we're still just in a, we're very acquisitive as a company, you know, we're, we're looking to add new companies to our, uh, our, you know, under our umbrella so that we have just, you know, one plus one equals three. Anytime we can bring in a new technology to add value to the whole experience that you have with Adams, that's, that's what we're after. So, and uh, with, with the new um, partners, we're able to do that, you know, really well and very effectively.
0: That's the story in general from going from selling at the swap to now where you're just international brand is just unreal. And that's, I, I'm sure not a lot of people have heard it. And those who have, I mean, that's still an inspiring story because uh, that comes from, go ahead.
1: Well, we're blessed. It's a yeah. blessing. It's totally, I mean, it's like, oh yeah, I just worked hard and everything's worked out for me because I'm great. Not at all. No. <laughs> that is not the story. You know, the planets have
0: is, to align, and uh, you know, there's success and opportunity you have to meet at the right time. Yeah. And yeah,
1: I think I think it's one of those things where you know, uh, you know, without getting gushy and super religious on you. Bottom line, uh, you know, we feel extremely blessed. We feel very fortunate that we've had an incredible team of people come and stay with us, and that they have come and added such tremendous value, and that our business has grown as it has we're just, we feel very blessed. I mean, uh, you know, another guy who's, um, who I talk about this with a lot is, uh, Jeremy Stevens, you know, Shine Supply. Shine you know, Supply Jeremy, yep.
0: I know Jeremy such, well.
1: I love that guy. Um, anyway, we talk about that and he's just like, I can't believe I'm, my business is this big, Adam. I'm like, I know, buddy, I feel the same way. I can't believe my business is big. He's like, what am I going to do? I'm like, you're going to pray. And keep, keep your head down and treat your people. Great. And treat, keep, treat your customers. Great. And it's going to work out. He's like, really? Like, yeah, he's like, Sigh. Thank you. <laughs> you got it, man. He's a, such a super good guy. And uh, that's, just, that's just one of those, that's that's one of those things. Hey, just keep doing what you're doing. And you, obviously it got you here. It's going to get you there. So we hope that we, you know, as we've, we, we have bigger, we have big partners now and we offer way more than we ever have. And you know, our goal is just to stay extremely humble, stay, make sure that we always keep our head down and make sure our technology stands for itself you know, there's a lot of companies out there that say, oh, you know, I'm I'm this brand or that brand. But really, they're just having some chemical manufacturer make it and slap the label on it. We do that for a ton of people, too. Most brands, most of the premium brands that you're aware of right now, you know, we have a we, we probably have a little something to do with some of the technology that they're putting in the bottle. And we're super, super honored to be that person. I was that guy for, you know, from 2000 until 2018 when we acquired our chemical manufacturer so i can't sit there and go oh they're just using it just having someone manufacture their stuff and slapping label on it dude who do you think i am absolutely we were doing that you know we we're working with the chemists come up with the technology and then sell it um you know we were very grateful to be that person now and to be that organization helping um helping the overall industry stay great you know as diy increases like our sales have gone through the roof but then all the companies that we that we also blend for other brands their business has gone through the roof so i think that you know people a lot of people work from home now and instead of that that commute time now they can just hang out and do a little detail on them on their cars Yeehaw, that's awesome right there's there that's been good for business and uh, enthusiasm for detailing is still very very high and it's therapeutic you know shine therapy is, is is alive and well people like to spend that time uh you know detailing out their cars making them great
0: I agree. I agree. And this time right now with everybody having a lot of downtime because they having to be home, every state's a little different. Florida, it's kind of wide open, but we still have a huge government community where I'm at in Brevard County, where where, uh, NASA is, Cape Canaveral. So we still have a huge government community over here where a lot of people are working from home, but they're finding stuff to do. They're bored. They're looking at their walls at the house, getting stuff done, repainting, (laughs) you know, or doing stuff for their vehicle because they get out, they go to the store and they're like, you know, I need to have this done. And I've got time. Yeah. So yeah, they're finding ways to do it. Um, we are getting close to, to finalizing the time in regards to the podcast. But there's one personal question I got to ask. And you had mentioned that you had detailed for Stallone. So being a big fan of, of, of him and all of his movies and his career, at, when you were detailing for him, what time frame was that with his movie career? You know, where was he with, the, with everything?
1: So he had just, uh, he had just done Driven. Okay. Um, and, and driven hadn't been released yet. Driven was was just had just been filmed and it was in editing, so he had a CLK 55 race car, Mercedes race car, that I detailed regularly, full cage, crazy. He started up, sounded like a sounded like a uh, like. Remember the old uh, jet boats, the old uh, you know 454 engine hanging up out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like just blah 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 blah. Wow, obnoxious. You feel it right here. Oh, dude, (laughs) there was a Mercedes, and he pushes the button. You're like, whoa! And uh, he's you know he's married to Jennifer Flavin, and she drove a uh, she just drove a a Lexus, uh, you know Land Cruiser, the LX 470. So that was brand new then. So it was probably I think it was 2000. I think, I think, you know, look it up and you'll tell me when Driven was was released, but it was, you know, probably the year before it was released. And uh, Sly is such a cool guy. The reason that we did that for him is because uh, my best friend, Matt Dugally, who, um who is a home builder, his dad is an architect. Matt was working for his dad at that point. He since went out and did his own thing. Him and his business partner, uh, Mauricio Oberfeld, founded Dugalli Oberfeld, and now they build their own houses. But um, I got these big clients through Matt because Matt, Matt's dad built Sly's house. Nice. So that's how I was like, oh hey, you know Sly, I see your cars are looking kind of crappy. I'll tell you a funny story about Sly. Sly he mostly drove a 560. Um, was 500. It was an S500, maybe it's the S500. So whatever, whatever the 99 or so, or so uh, Mac Daddy Benz was. I'm trying to think if it was an F, a 560 SEL or if it was if they'd gone to the S S500 or whatever the marks were. But it was navy. Maybe blue, tan leather, and um, he had all the windows, including the sun, including the windshield, tinted. And Sly loves smoking stogies, and so do I, by the way. Anyway, Sly would always smoke stogies in his car with all the windows closed and the air conditioning on. And the and I go Sly, what? Uh, so I put it, I brought an ozone generator to his house every time. And we and we'd set, let his car sit there and idle for the whole time with the ozone generator on. So try to recirculate the, you know, try to get the ozone yep. to get through the air conditioning system. So it didn't smell so terrible. I'm like, Sly, what, why? And, um, and by the way, talk about a super cool guy. Sly is super mellow, just such a total, just a Down gentleman, such kind of
0: a person. Oh,
1: totally. Absolutely. You know? such a good guy anyway. And he was, he'd always take, take time to talk to you. Hey, yeah. So what's going on? I see this, see that. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, you always have questions and be interested. And, um, anyway, so he's, and he said something that I'll never forget. He said, you know, Adam, he goes, being famous is like a penalty. And I forget he had something to say something like, it's, it's like a noose. It's always a penalty. So anytime someone sees you, they almost crash into you. Anytime that they see you, it's like this: you gotta like, you know, you gotta play, play defense because everyone's like, "Oh, they're sly," you know. So, so if he opens his sunroof a little bit to let the smoke out, it illuminates his face, and even with a tinted windshield and tinted windows, people will see him, and therefore people will notice him, and therefore. He can't just drive around and just, he just wants to drive around and smoke a stogie. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't want to be, Hey, yeah, sure. I'll sign your autograph. He just wants to chill out and smoke a stogie in his car. You know, God bless him. Well, so that's why he closed all the windows, including the sunroof and and drove around and smoked stogies in his cars because he did not want to be seen. He just wanted to drive around, smoke stogies in total quiet. And uh, he did. So I'd show up every weekend and we detail his car and every weekend I would go out there and put the ozone generator in there and let his car sit there and idle for the entire time. And I do his car last so that I think it'd get the maximum time with the ozone generator hooked up to it. And uh, so he could at least stand to be in it because it was a pretty stinky son of a gun after all that (laughs) stuff. But, but what a total, just a huge, super, super guy. And
0: uh, that was cool to get
1: a chance to do to detail for him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree there. That's, that's awesome. It's, you know, it's been a pleasure having you on and being able to, you know, have the backstory and, and, and the extra bonus of you telling the story with Sly. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And you know, the, the progression and the evolution of how Adams began is just an awesome story to hear. Um, is there any, anything last words that you could you could give to the detailers that something that um, something motivational or something in general that you would say as a, as a peace of mind that would
1: help somebody out? Yeah, I think, you know what's going to set you apart as a detailer is if you do your absolute best every single time, that's going to make you different. And not just, oh, that person didn't want to pay for that, so I'm not doing that, I'm just going to do this. Okay, you know, you'll you'll have a kind of happy customer, but you do your absolute best, the best job you possibly can every single time, whether you're getting paid for all of that paint correction or not, or you're getting paid for all that or not. You add that little bit of extra and you think of a way to make that customer make it easier for that customer to get their car detailed, make it easier for them to get the car to you or from you make, you know, offer a service of dropping them off and picking them up. Those little things make it so easy to do business with you. And you, when you make it easy for the customer to do business with you, they will continue to do business with you because it's, there's so many detailers and uh, like where you are in Florida, where we are, in, you know, in, Especially like California and Florida, those are the detailer meccas of the world, right? Yeah. It's easy to find someone else, but if you blow their mind and you do an amazing job, and you offer one little extra thing that just blows their mind, and you take great care of your customers and you get great care of your employees, those two things, you cannot help but to be successful. That is the that is the the, the golden rule. You know, take care of your customers, take care of your, your employees. Those two things, you can't help it. And if you want a big customer and you say, hey, I want this customer so bad. I really want this. I want to earn this customer. You contact the customer and say, let me do your car for free. I'm so confident that you'll love my work. Let me do your car once for free. And then if if you like it, please use me. And if you don't, hey, no problem. I'll go away. And that that confidence will, you know, it'll make people go, really? You can do it for free? That's a mind blower. But that confidence is something that, you know, you're going to be detailing for people who are successful. People who are successful are often entrepreneurs and risk takers. Those people will definitely appreciate that confidence. They'll appreciate you taking that risk that you're going to go ahead and and spend all that time and energy detailing someone's car for free because you want their business that bad. So that's my, uh, that's my two cents.
0: Well, that's great words of advice. I appreciate it. And thank you for being on again, episode 15 for the Reflection Artist Live. And uh, we're going to finish it off. Uh, Thanks again. I can't thank you enough because the story is just, I never got to hear the story. So when I hear these new stories about how things were developed, especially with brands, being a detailer, it's very exciting. So thanks again. Thanks for being on. And hopefully again, we'll have you on in the future. And uh, I'll get on Julio about about joining the team. Come on, Julio.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be, uh, you know, to be asked to be doing something like this. So um, I just, I appreciate the uh, the time and-, and-
0: I lost you for a minute there, Adam. There you are.
1: Oh, back No again. worries.
0: Likewise. Right. So we'll connect hopefully at a show, if not sooner on another podcast. Thanks again. And thank you, everybody at home for watching or listening from wherever you're at, working hard and uh, have a great day. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.